When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. And happy Halloween. Okay, uh, scary story, of course, from over the weekend. It actually happened late Thursday night. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, her husband was attacked. And, man, this story doesn't seem to make much sense on a lot of different levels. No, it doesn't. But one thing we know is the left and the media together are trying to make this into some sort of continuation of a January 6th attack or something yeah, like I, that. I, I mean, this is kind of crazy. They're, they're, <laughs> so, so you got this nut job in San Francisco, well-known nudist protester. He's basically homeless. Uh, he disappeared on his wife and kids. And his wife, by the or his ex-wife or ex-partner, whatever the verbiage is that they used, um, she's a convicted sex offender who harassed and, well, raped an underage child. Oh, God. And anyway, uh, <laughs> so so you got all this going on, and yet D.C. media types are like, you know what? This guy was closely paying attention to January 6th, and therefore this is absolutely uh, an extension of the day that America almost fell. Okay, and you have a montage of the media yeah. talking about yeah, this? Yeah, I do. All right, let's hear that. Is this potentially a turning point uh, in the wake of the January 6th insurrection? Echoes of January 6th. Echoes what we heard from rioters what? who stormed the Capitol. Look oh. at January 6th. It was very similar to January 6th. Because he kept saying, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? On January 6th, people were yelling, where's Nancy in the hallways? Zip ties. He had zip ties. Democracies can't survive this way. Are you as embarrassed by this as I am? This is America. <laughs> yeah, I'm embarrassed, but for different reasons. Okay. Every time he talks, he's like auditioning for a movie. Yeah. this is america shut up okay i'm trying to get this straight so the dude that allegedly broke in right do we know how he broke in do we have any security footage of this so they they the only thing i've really seen is the photo of the broken glass on the back door that being said, there are people who are asking questions about how is it that the glass is on the outside of the window? Because generally, if someone were to break in, you know, physics and whatnot dictate that the glass goes into the home, right. not out of it. So yes. was, it, was that broken during a struggle? Again, you know, there are a lot of open questions about exactly what happened. And San Francisco police have not done anybody any favors because, man, it is it has been just a stunning lack of clarity or precision in English. We talked about it on Friday when they said both men were holding a hammer. 
made it sound like both these dudes were squared off with with hammers. Hammers. When I guess what they yes. meant was they were fighting over one single hammer. Correct. And then it was like, well, there was another person who opened the door for the police. So there so, was a third person there we heard there for a while. But now they're saying there were only two people in there. So who answered the door? I don't know. Hmm. And why would you answer the door to some a complete stranger that you can see on the camera, you would think? Well, well and no, then the they police. said on the... On the 911 call that Paul Pelosi made, he said friend and mentioned yeah. the name David, and he was speaking in code. Yeah. And the 911 operator picked up on that, and that's why the wellness check happened. Yeah. Okay. Now, we've also heard that dude was in his underwear. Yeah. Was Paul Pelosi also in his underwear? I, I, I think it was Paul Pelosi who was in his underwear. Okay. And the other guy was fully clothed? I guess. Again, man, there's been a really, really huge sketchy. lack of yeah. clarity in what actually happened. If this is a straight-up break-in, it, it doesn't take, you know, the full crew at CSI to really uh, explain what happened, what the progression was, A, B, C, all the way down to Z. But this nut job that breaks in, yeah, he's got quite his past. Yeah. But not not the sort of, quote, MAGA past that one would think. No, I, <laughs> according to the networks. I mean, look, he he is a he's a conspiracy theorist nut job. I mean, one of the time one of the stories about I guess his ex partner is he disappeared for about a year, then showed up strung out on hard drugs, claiming yeah. he was Jesus. Okay, and had I guess was all in on certain conspiracy theories about. Uh, the 2020 election was in on all sorts of conspiracy theories about vaccines was uh, also, again, a nudist protest uh, protester, hemp jewelry maker. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't again, this doesn't really fit any particular <laughs> box. OK, at the end of the day, what this is, is a homelessness, drug abuse, crime story in San Francisco. But everybody in media and the Democratic Party, because they are desperate right now yes. to change the conversation from crime, from fentanyl killing people in this country, from out-of-control inflation and gas prices, they want to change the conversation to make this guy out to be somebody who was inspired by Republican ad campaigns. Okay. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that specifically because that has been a topic. The ad campaigns against Nancy Pelosi, yeah, were that were partially responsible for him hearing voices or whatever the hell is going oh, on. Oh come on! I'm serious. It's insulting. I mean, I understand there's desperation. We've talked about the desperation for weeks. It's mm -hmm. one thing to the other to the other, and if it's one thing we've learned over the last few days, the new talking points and all the media outlets got it is we've got our democracy at stake here. I understand that Joe Biden and this administration uh, basically have no wins to speak of. But if you don't vote for them, we could lose our democracy. Right. I mean, yeah. You think inflation's bad now, if you vote for them, it's going to get worse. And now you've got the media saying that Republicans should stop campaigning <laughs> yeah. against yeah. Nancy Pelosi because of what's happened? Dude, so, okay, CBS News anchor Margaret Brennan apparently thinks Republicans should stop campaigning after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband was attacked by this lunatic. She was interviewing Republican Representative Tom Emmer saying that targeting Pelosi in campaign ads 
is what led to this violence. And I, I, I included, this is a longer clip, I included his statement, his full statement, because this, in my opinion, is exactly how every Republican needs to address this issue. Okay, roll it. Republican candidates have spent more than $116 million on ads that mention Speaker Pelosi by name in this cycle. If this is about the issues, why should you make it about the issues? Why not depersonalize it? It is absolutely about the issues. It's about the fact that we have double-digit inflation, don't exploding, think... exploding cost of living. We've got a crime wave across this country that is In the direct moment, result. We are eight the days result. out. Don't you think this needs to change? Why not Again. pull some of these ads? Why not just delete your well, tweet? I'm sure, I'm sure people like how, to talk about. How about stay in your lane? Yeah. Are you joking? Yeah. Are you that much of an arm for the Democratic Party? Like, why Why are you making this about one person? The Democrats have been making this election about Donald Trump, who's not on the ballot. Absolutely. And the president of the United States has said anyone who, fought, who voted for Donald Trump or anyone who's part of the party that has become the MAGA party is a fascist organization or is a fascist person. Okay. Oh my goodness. Spare me this nonsense about, oh my gosh, you've gone after Nancy Pelosi. It's a freaking campaign, you idiot. All right. There's more that you have here. There are people who like to talk about anything but what the Democrats have done to this country, which yep. quite frankly is exploding cost of living, a crime wave in our major cities that is a result of this defund the police nonsense and cashless bail. I mean, you look at New York City, where you put someone in jail at 9 p.m. for uh, assaulting someone on the street, and they're back out on the street at 9 a.m. committing crimes again. You look at my uh, uh, state of Minnesota, Minneapolis it has 6,000 assaults since the beginning of the year, Margaret. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and then before we're off of this Paul Pelosi thing, the other part was the Elon Musk tweet that got a lot of attention because eyes are on him already for taking over Twitter. And his response was, there's a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye. And there is a link to a French site, the Santa Monica Observer, which the headline in itself says the awful truth. Paul Pelosi was drunk again and in a dispute with a male prostitute early Friday morning. Uh-oh! Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, buddy. Now, you read this piece, and this guy's putting it out there as, hey, here's, here's an opinion of what could have happened. Okay, people will take that and run. The truth is, none of us know what happened. But the authorities in San Francisco could give us some more clues. They could let us know how did the person get in, how did all of this go down. Well, unless, of course, okay. they don't want us to know. I'll throw another conspiracy out there, yeah. Well, listen, I mean, that's why, honestly, I mean this. You're trying to stick to the facts of what do you know in this situation. And the facts that they've given us so far, well, part of it, we don't even know if it's fact. And then it doesn't add up. Like, how is the break-in? How did this call? I mean, it was just a couple of months ago this guy got popped for a DUI. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that means he's engaged in anything else, but you would certainly say the guy can make some poor decisions. And all of a sudden, oh, this is linked to January 6th. <laughs> Holy crap, man, really? So more on that a little bit later. Did you see how low we are on diesel fuel right now? This is frightening. Okay, and we can get into this more a little bit later. But inflation is certainly not going to be reduced mm -hmm. when we're looking at that and how much we depend on diesel. I mean, 
goodness gracious. Yeah. That there are a lot of problems we're facing right now. Well, while, while well this I, one's really scary. Yeah. Well, yeah, and while everyone is out there saying that, oh, it's the greed of you know big supermarket chains oh, God, or, or big guys, meat or people. big corn or whatever. Yes. You know, we were talking about this earlier in the year while everyone was focused on unleaded, unleaded or regular uh, gasoline. Uh, a lot of us were saying, hey, you know, diesel prices are actually yep. higher. And you know what is used on every farm in America is diesel fuel. Yep. And so if that goes up, guess what happens? Farmers either uh, harvest less or plant less or they charge you more. Sometimes both. How does food get to all the different places right, in the exactly. United States? Uh, yeah. Trucks. Dude, through trucks. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. they use diesel. Yes. So what, they should just all take the hit and go broke? Yeah. It's not the way it works. Okay. Oh, David. Go back to stagecoach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with all the talk and all the freak out on Elon Musk taking over Twitter, you had this the other day. We didn't have time, but some yeah. pranksters had fun with this. Yeah, I thought this was funny. So Friday, Elon Musk officially took over Twitter. He fired a bunch of people at the top. Uh, and so reporters posted up outside of the company's headquarters and got trolled by two dudes who were going. Their last names were Ligma and Johnson. <laughs> if, Junior high never ends. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, the reporters bought it like one of the. So Mr. Ligma was holding up a, a copy of Michelle Obama's memoir saying, without proper content moderation, Michelle Obama would not be a thing, and or Barack Obama would not have been a thing. I mean, just obviously funny. Not to mention his last name, he said, was Ligma. Um, and, and anyway, here's Mr. Johnson, though, talking about his feelings because they were pretending to be fired employees. And news falling for it. Yes. Here we go. How are you feeling? Uh, terrible. I feel really bad. I feel really sh- um, I mean, I own a Tesla, and I don't know how I'm going to make car payments now. Like, now I'm really worried. I'm really worried. It's really the culture shift. There's a lot of people that were leaders and, you know, things like diversity, equity, and inclusion. I know those people are going. Um, it's going to be a different Twitter in a week. Listen, I got to touch base with my husband and wife. I got to get out of here, all right? Thank you, guys. Sorry. <laughs> with my husband and wife. <laughs> Shocking development in Twitter. <laughs> we talked to former employees. Ligma Johnson. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Did you know we had 54 states? You probably know that by now. Oh, of course I do. Biden talked about it. And Tom and Giselle, the odds on favorites who are going to date them next. You can't make it up. Straight ahead, right here. Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot of campaigning right before the midterm. Joe Biden's out there. How'd it go, David? Not very well. Uh, yeah, well, apparently he's been busy. He was campaigning for Democrats in Pennsylvania over the weekend and started talking about uh, Republican efforts to repeal Obamacare. And, uh, I mean, man, he's put a lot of work in over the years to try to keep Obamacare as the law of the land. Oh, my 
goodness. And by the way, if they do, that means not a joke, everybody. That's why we were defeated in, in 2018 when they tried to do it. We went to 54 states. Hmm. What? States of consciousness? When they tried to do it, we went to 54 states. Well, see, what happened here is, again, another side effect of being an accidental time traveler. Oh, wow. Because where he just showed up. So the theory, as the, as my theory goes, it's kind of like the time traveler's wife, where Joe Biden doesn't have any control over it. He just disappears into the ether and then reappears somewhere in time and has to figure out where he is, what his job is. So it's not senility. It's genuine confusion. Because five minutes ago, the guy was in year 2034, when D.C. is a state, Puerto Rico is a state, right. Guam's a state, et cetera, Virgin Islands a state. Um, and so where he just showed up from, there are 54 states. And he did okay. travel to 54 states. So really, he's not confused. He's a time traveler. Yeah. And you get jolted <laughs> yeah. into some other year. And yeah. what you're saying to the current people yeah. sounds like nonsense. But actually, you're right. way ahead. Actually, you're way ahead or, or behind or whatever it may be. Got so, it. Joe like, Biden stars in Quantum Leap. Like him, him talking about something that happened in 2018 happening in 1918. It's because he just came <laughs> from 1919, actually. Then he's in the White House and he looks around and he goes, oh, no, and starts to disappear into the ether. It says, Jill, it's happening again. Oh. It's a pull out of the camera and it just shows Joe spinning. Right, exactly. It's a, <laughs> he just lands somewhere else. <laughs> Okay, where, where Joe is at right now, does he know the person that attacked Paul Pelosi? Is he just a crazy nudist, or is he a MAGA person? Because <laughs> we're not quite sure. Well, well, see, it now seems you, to change over time, right? Now, now you're actually talking about cross-dimensional stuff, because it turns out Joe Biden in another dimension is the guy who went in and attacked Paul Pelosi. Oh, got it. Yeah. Man, that is. It's all confusing. Yeah, I feel bad for Joe, man. He's all over the place. He is. Okay. Oh, you know, it's still covered. I saw this. It was, uh, well, it was Good Morning America and the Today Show about Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Giselle Bungeon. Yep. And, yeah, it's the split. It's done. And now I saw this from Bet Online. Uh, who is odds-on favorite to date them next? You know who it is. You, you called it. You know who it is. You yeah. called it. Yes, it's Pete Davidson, and the it. middle reliever. Yes. <laughs> Now, when you say middle reliever, you should probably... Well, that was David coined that term about Pete Davidson. He's yeah. the guy who comes in after the mess and tries to clean it up, but he hands it off to the closer because he can't close it. Yeah. Yes. And he's not good enough to be a starter. No. No. He's out I, of gas I, after about three innings. But I don't, I don't buy into this, by the way. I really don't. It doesn't seem... How do I say it? Giselle Bunchen, she doesn't go slumming with Pete Davidson. Yeah. Okay you got to have, I don't know what is the politically correct way to say it, but I if I say it, saying. you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, a uh, little bit of dirty girl in you. <laughs> well, Okay? Like yeah. a Kim Kardashian, yeah. that yeah. sort of thing. Just a skosh. Well, I think also the X has to be a complete train wreck in order for this to work. That, yeah, makes, that, sense. Be, like, that makes sense. Like Tom Brady, like, he's not a complete train wreck. You can say he's a bad guy because he picked football over family. But yeah, my favorite meme this weekend was Giselle Bunchton got Gronk in the divorce settlement. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, the latest on the Paul Pelosi attack. You got to hear this straight ahead.
Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. There's David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer, all dressed up for Halloween. That's Scott Robbins. Okay. I am dressed up for Halloween. Yes, That's sir. That's your Alice Cooper hockey jersey on. Yes, I do. Okay. What is the deal? Do we know any more about this person that attacked Nancy Pelosi's husband? I mean, obviously he, a MAGA Republican. No, he, he's a what? He's a nudist. <laughs> he just saw this coming, didn't you? He, he's didn't you? Yeah. He's a nudist protester, well known in San Francisco. Uh, uh, also ran around in circles with uh, child diddlers. Was a crackhead. Or at least was using hard drugs. Thought he was Jesus for a while. So yeah, clearly, I mean, obviously, uh, nuanced conversations that go on in Washington D.C. influenced his uh, his you know decision to go and attack the husband of the Speaker of the House. Okay, it's ridiculous, man. Currently homeless, from yeah. what we understand, like living in a shed. Okay, so in San Francisco, massive homeless problem. We can't shine the light on that. This guy's obviously MAGA. Yeah. What are we going to hear next? That most of the homeless people on the West Coast are MAGA people? All uh, conservatives. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Very okay. pro-business. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All now, right, now, who who is... I mean, I know a lot of people are blaming Republicans for the attack. It's It's laughable. But also a former Homeland Security official? Yeah, former Homeland Security official and current CNN pundit Juliet Kayyem oh. says clearly Republicans are to blame for the attack on Paul Pelosi. All right, let's decipher this. There's crime in this country. That's a political issue as well. Uh, but but that crime is different than uh, political violence, which uh, which has become a way uh, in this country in the last couple of years in which political leaders uh, utilize the words of violence, fight, uh, uh, get them targeting, and in particular targeting against Nancy Pelosi, who has a unique focus uh, amongst uh, the right-wingers and, and in some of these um, okay. uh, social media pages, uh, and the use of violence ex- essentially as an extension of politics. In oh, other words, if you God. don't win the election, uh, uh, violence is always an alternative. Democracies can't survive this way. Oh. Yeah, that's the thing. Everyone's predicting a red wave. Yeah. So why would this lunatic do this now if it's not about... If, yeah. if to her point, well, when you lose an election, you do stuff like this. They're not well, going to lose. Well, dude, I mean, on the day that Donald Trump was sworn into office in 2017, there was violence in the streets a couple blocks away. Yep. There were riots that went on. Does anybody else remember the hashtag resistance? Does anybody else remember riots all over the country that were cheered by high-profile Democrats, not to mention the 2020 George Floyd riots. Dude, they, right. I mean... Uh, you had governors of states leading the marches through cities that turned out to be violent. In, well, in speaking front. out against authority sometimes yes. is good for people to Where do. Where do you think defund the police came from? Some conservative think tank? <laughs> Golly! These people are shameless. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, man. And, then, and I could be wrong about this. And this is like, I guess anything, if anything, I'm saying this, Scott, so you won't freak out too much because I truly believe this. The only ones I think that are buying any of this with the Paul Pelosi attack are like people that you could never get to vote Republican right, anyway. Right. It's yeah. a lot of older people that totally depend on NBC cnn for their news mm-hmm. they're not going to get it anywhere else 
it's a lot of older ladies, to be honest. And I don't mean to sound mean by that. I truly believe it. Anybody <laughs> that looks into this at all knows this is a load of crap. What that person just said. What's her name again? Juliet Kayam? Yeah. Okay. Jeez. It's, it's like I feel like insanity. they're goofing on me sometimes. Like, they don't believe that. That this deranged person. Yeah. That's partner is a convicted child predator. Okay. Lost his mind. They said he was crazy. Once thought he was Jesus. All of that. Yes. It was Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans right. that fueled this guy to go attack Paul Pelosi with a hammer. You know, I know we've... And we've, by we've the ta- way, yes. and th- there's all these other, you know, questions around this thing. How did they both have... How did they get to be fighting over the hammer right as the cops come in and he wrestles the hammer away and that's when he beats this dude? That's when he beats Pelosi is after the cops are there? That's what we've been told. Cops okay. saw it, apparently. Here's just a quick question because we've heard, and this was all over even media this morning, that the lunatic is saying, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Where did we get that from? How do we know he said that? Oh, it's all sources say. Yeah, and who are the sources? I don't know. So if sources say something away from this narrative, it is, I mean, incredibly irresponsible to put something out there like this could have been something else completely. Like he could have been let in. Yeah. And maybe Paul Pelosi knew him. If sources say that, that's irresponsible to even put that out there. But if sources say the guy is yelling, where's Nancy? Okay, how do we know that? Who would have told the sources? They weren't there at the scene. Yeah. The first thing I thought of when I heard this is, this is MAGA country. <laughs> From Smollett. Yeah. The where's Nancy line. Dude, we said it when we heard the story the other day. This looks like a Smollett kind it of thing. It smells like it, too. Yep. Yeah. And, it, it's and, just and I don't know if it is thing, or it man. isn't. I don't know that. Neither does anybody else. Well, and here's the other thing. If just because he, let's say for the sake of argument, he said, where's Nancy? We also don't know in what context that could have been said. I haven't heard anybody say this. It sounds menacing like, where's Nancy? Now, is it Paul Pelosi that told the cops that's what happened? We don't know. Yeah. Was he able to? I don't know. Don't know. Or was it the attacker? Well, I went in and said, where's Nancy? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. Or could it have been like, hey, where's Nancy? She's not going to come in and disrupt our good time. I don't know that. We don't None know of anything. us know. No. But if you go from sources, the sources are only valuable if they are telling one particular narrative. If it's something else against that narrative, it's completely irresponsible. It's also, I mean, we've talked about it a million times, but it's, there's a percentage of the population that Donald Trump just broke. I mean, he shattered these people. They'll never be the same. He lives inside their head, and he's not coming out anytime soon. I agree to an extent, but I think it's beyond that. It may very well be. You want be. me to go freaking nuts No, I here? just think it's mental illness stuff, yeah, that's going on. No, I don't think that's it either. Okay, what do you think it is? I think it's six uh, different companies control 90% of the media, and they control the narrative. Dude, they all got their marching orders the other day, and the marching orders were, we're in desperate trouble. Okay, we're going to lose. It's going to be a bloodbath come election time. All right. The one thing that we can go after because abortion didn't work, we're going to have to tell people and tell them with everything we got that 
there is a threat to our democracy going on right now. And sure, the economy sucks and your life's going to hell in a handbasket and your teachers are trying to turn your kids trans. But forget all that. OK, we might lose our democracy if the Republicans win in November. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. So with a story like this, the narrative's controlled and throw it out there and try to scare the crowd. Always MAGA, 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 MAGA. It was set up when Biden gave the speech with the red background in Philly. Yeah. It's evil MAGA that wants to divide us and tear apart this country. Oh, be very scared. Crazy. Did you see the story out of Florida? This was from the other day, but it's a big deal. The Board of Medicine there voted to ban pediatric gender-affirming care. I did see this. Yep. Ban it. Yep. So you're talking about no puberty blockers, no surgeries until you're 18. That's right. Good. That sounds reasonable, doesn't it? Sure yep. does. Okay. Because you have people out there saying this is so hateful. These poor children, they're trying to get them to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. But they're not honest. They don't mention that uh, it's the same concern by the national health departments of Sweden, Finland, England, who have all abandoned gen- gender-affirming care after you see the evidence of so many people that have done it and said, I wish I never would have done it. And you actually have this rational thought of a 13- or 14-year-old kid, do you think that they're able to make a decision like that that could affect the rest of their life? Yeah. Compared to other things, we would never allow a 14-year-old no. to do it. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But what do they do? They try to scare the crap out of parents and other people. You, you want these kids to commit suicide. Sure. And there's no stats to back that up, by the way. Of course not. Well, everything ends with you want people to die, whether it's a vaccination, whether it's gender-affirming care, whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. I mean, after going through the fear cycle enough times, you would think people would be like, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. How many times am I going to fall for this? Fear's a powerful thing. No doubt about it. Speaking of fear, uh, LeBron James was in fear over the weekend. I don't know if you heard about that or not. No. What? This guy. Well, I don't know if you knew this or not, but as soon as Elon Musk took over Twitter, the use of the N-word, it went through the roof. Uh Okay. No, there's actually somebody from Twitter who came out and said, no, that's not. That's not actually true. We're not we're not permitting that because no content moderation systems have changed. Well, not only that, they know that most of those came from bots. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of them. But that that didn't get in the way of LeBron seeing the initial report that there's been a 500 percent increase in the use of the N word on Twitter. Okay, so. Well, LeBron went out and tweeted about that. Said, I don't know Elon Musk and TBH, to be honest. I could care less who owns Twitter. But I will say that if this is true, I hope he and his people take this very seriously because this is scary AF. I think you know what that means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So many damn unfit people saying hate speech is free speech. LeBron's had enough. And I think he's still looking over his shoulder every time he drives his car. Anywhere, because right, he's afraid that there shot. are white cops trying to track him down and kill him. And they're sitting on the overpass. It's just ready to pop a couple of shots in LeBron's uh, Lamborghini when he drives by. Yeah. So, you know, Elon Musk, you know, they, they came out and they tackled that pretty quick. 
which I think is pretty good. There, dude, the meltdown on Twitter, oh, if you paid attention over the weekend, it was something to behold. And I think you got to approach it as you look at it almost like comedy, and then it's okay because you got, you got to know this is going to pass. So anyway, yeah, the, Elon Musk is saying, hey, our rules prohibit hateful conduct. This includes targeting people with dehumanizing content and slurs. This doesn't mean we have a list of words that are always banned. Context matters. For example, our policies are written to protect reclaimed speech. And yes, over the last 48 hours, we've seen a small number of accounts post a ton of tweets that include slurs and other derogatory terms. To give you a sense of scale, more than 50,000 tweets repeatedly using a particular slur came from 300 accounts. Yeah. And you notice something else that happened over Twitter, if you were paying attention, of how many people said, wow, I just got 40,000 followers back. And it's not because 40,000 people started following a conservative. It was because the algorithms have been changed and taken out. So people are showing up more. I mean, this is going to be a long process, but it's going to be fascinating to see. LeBron James. Again, you know, win a basketball game. (laughs) They're having trouble with that right now. He's a load. Man, oh, man. Not surprised, though. Okay. Much more to get to. Um, Is this true? So Zelensky of Ukraine asked for more money and Biden got mad? Finally? Really? We'll get to that much more coming up. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So Biden's a little irritated at Ukraine President Zelensky. What? Yeah. Why? They, well, Zelensky asked for more money. And he was a little bit ticked off about that, apparently, the president was. And I, I, I hope this is true because I it, it gives me some hope that there's a little bit of sanity left in Joe Biden's addled mind. So as the story goes, uh, there was a phone call on June 15th. Biden had barely finished telling Zelensky that he just sent another $1 billion in U.S. military assistance for Ukraine. Okay. Uh, And Zelensky started listing all the additional help he needed and wasn't getting, and Biden lost his temper. Yeah, that sounds freaking annoying. Saying, hey, by the way, I just greenlit another billion dollars for your country. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I need this and this and this and this. Hey, how about a thank you? Exactly. Yes. But okay. that's what happens when you keep giving and you also say it doesn't matter the cost. It yeah. doesn't matter how much time it takes. Whatever it takes, we're there. That's what that creates, man. It's, you know. True and international average of pressure. Well, they no. slammed the phone down after he said that. <laughs> And Zelensky wanted the interpreter. Say, what does that mean? He's going to put pressure internationally so more people would give money? Or what exactly did it mean? I don't know. Mm -mm. 
So he was so irritated that we've given him another $28 billion yes. since then. Yeah, True well, international average of pressure. Well, now now oh, they boy. really... Because paint- he forgot that he was irritated. <laughs> they, they've really painted themselves into a corner at the White House, right? Because they have said, well, you got to... This is the price of democracy. You got to stick with your friends, yada, yada, yada. And yeah, it doesn't... Now, I mean, Zelensky's got him over a barrel politically because, man, whatever goodwill the American public have left to extend to Joe Biden might go away if suddenly he starts saying, you know what, we ought to be a little bit more careful with money when it comes to sending all that stuff to Ukraine. Jeez. Unbelievable. By the way, man, I don't know if you guys saw the story over the weekend, switching gears here. Luke Bryan, country star, doing a concert in Jacksonville. DeSantis gets up there. They're talking about relief money for Florida. He's raising money for, uh, yeah, storm victims, yes. People are upset. Because he's such a divisive figure, that Ron DeSantis. All I can think is, okay, so you're telling me it's Beyonce or whatever star is in California where there's been a natural disaster and hair gel governor, Newsom, that you call him, Scott, gets up there and says, hey, we could use some money to help people. That there would be people freaking out? No. Of course not. It only works one way. And so Luke Bryan put out a statement and said, I understand Governor DeSantis is a very polarizing figure, but I grew up in a country where if a governor asked you to raise awareness to help victims of a natural disaster, you help. Well, of course. <laughs> Jeez. Clowns. Total clowns. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, uh, if we could just band together as a nation yeah. and be on the lookout for white nationalists yeah. um, and alert each other, because these are trying times and white nationalists are going to take over the country. Uh, yes. When? <laughs> That's what I'm hearing from the left right now. David just told me AOC said there is absolutely no doubt that white nationalists are the greatest threat to democracy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that, that a joke? No, this is coming on the heels of the attack of uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul, in San Francisco. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, everyone's favorite socialist, went on MSNBC and said, yeah, it's settled science. The greatest threat to America is white nationalists. Hold on a second, because maybe I missed this in all these crazy details from the Paul Pelosi attack. I've heard a lot about the attacker, okay? He is a Castro nudist, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. And what does that mean? He, there's a group of nudist protesters in San Francisco's Castro district that they protest over various things, mostly having to do with nudity. <laughs> okay. And he's had his struggles with <laughs> mental illness. <laughs> yeah, I would say really? so. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah, he thought he was Jesus there for a while, apparently. Okay, and then the woman he is linked with is also a convicted child molester. Uh, yeah, a sex offender. Yeah. Sex offender. Okay, don't don't offend anybody. No, here. no. Apparently, okay. she she diddled a fourteen year old. Got it. Hmm. 
Okay. Uh, and is this guy a white nationalist? I I don't think so, but I, the guy was sort of like throw a dart at a dartboard of crazy and you'll probably hit something this guy was into. Okay, so he's a white guy that, for whatever reason, was inside Paul Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi's house and ended up hitting him with a hammer, but not until after cops got there. Okay, yeah. and that's all the proof we need that white nationalists are the greatest threat to democracy. I just want to get all that straight before we hear the yeah. clip. All right, thank you very much for your patience. There is absolutely no doubt that the data shows yeah. that the vast majority of, of incidents of domestic terror come from white nationalism. Oh, gosh. Produce what? it. Produce exactly. It. Produce the data. Yes, what data are you talking about? Any ideas, David? Well, they, they, they go off of um, what the FBI assembles. And so they kind of they actually conflate multiple data points to try to get to that point where they yes. show the so-called hate crime incidents, which is really just anybody who submits a complaint, which could be somebody yelled a slur at me on the street. That goes down as a hate crime in the official stats. I mean, it's very misleading the way they put this together. And I guess the way the FBI defines a group is uh, like if there's three dudes in a tar paper shack and, you know, the upper peninsula of Michigan, uh, that counts as this white supremacist group. And so that's okay. how we're going to categorize all these things. I mean, they Got really it. play with the numbers because right. when you look at the actual threat to America from within, it's not any terror group at all as the number one threat to the safety of Americans. The other part, I can't help but think of all the whistleblowers from the FBI that have come forward saying, yeah, we got our marching orders right. to pad the white supremacist or white nationalist threats. So there are a whole lot of things that are categorized in that area that shouldn't be, basically. But there's no doubt. Okay, let her go on. And that we are really, truly facing an environment of fascism. <laughs> and in the United States of America, this type of intimidation at the polls brings us to Jim Crow. It brings us back. Okay, is there any proof of that? Intimidation at the polls. They're talking about people who were at drop boxes in Arizona. I guess there were some people who were watching drop boxes in Arizona okay. and law enforcement got involved in all of that. But here's the thing. If you if you see some people scouting out a drop box, there are other places you can go vote. That's the beauty of America in 2022. You can just go vote in person. So you're going on a one off in Arizona. Yeah. All of a sudden, there are people threatening. Be a shame if you didn't vote for white. Really? Mm -hmm. Come on, AOC. And, and harkens back to a very unique form of American apartheid that is not that long past ago. And we have never fully healed from it. And those wounds threaten to rip right back open if we do not strongly defend democracy in the United States of America. Come on, AOC. You won't let the wounds heal. You and your ilk. You no. wouldn't have jobs if you didn't. No, that's, that's how you make your living. Absolutely. Race hustlers. It's what you do. Yes. Which, by the way, speaking of that, did anybody ever call her out for being racist, for going into her accent? All right, all right, listen, all right, listen, <laughs> listen, okay, listen. That's not her usual speech. She was mocking. 
Well, she never yeah. got called out for that, did she? Uh, well, no, of course not. That was within the last two weeks. Yeah. Because she had protesters mm-hmm. when she was speaking. What made her brain flip into the Hispanic thing? I'm not sure, David. Do you know? Oh, it's because I think the audience was mostly white in this case, and she thought that if she puts on that character, they'd be afraid of her. Oh, okay. So for the white people... Can we look forward people, to German next time? Or <laughs> The white people that were supporting her, you know, initially, that are unhappy with her now mm-hmm. because, well, she's changed the way she thinks about wars in particular. Mm-hmm. They don't like that, and they're protesting. So now are they white nationalists, too? Well, obviously, yes, and domestic terrorists. Okay. All right. All right. Now that we've got that out of the way and settled, did you know not only are white nationalists the greatest threat to democracy, crime is just a conspiracy theory? Yeah. The crime across the nation, especially in New York? Mm -hmm. Yeah. New York Governor Kathy Hochul says the idea of high crime in Democrat-run areas is just a conspiracy theory. Seriously. Another one to break down. Here we go. They have this conspiracy going all across America to try and convince people that in Democratic states they're not as safe. Well, guess what? They're also not only election deniers, they're data deniers. The data shows that shootings and murders are down in our state by 15 percent, even in New York City, down 20 percent on Long Island where Lee Zeldin comes from. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on there. David, you're good with the stats. Mm -hmm. I've seen that's not true. Well, the well, if you compare year over year, I think there has been an abatement, but that's because you had near record totals last year. So okay, again, so if you go back to 2018, yeah, no, and you say okay, up. we're up 300, yeah. percent but it was like you know 10 fewer than last year, right? Well, it's it's like if I you know if I hit Scott Robbins six times in the face one day, and then later hit him four times in the face. I could say, see, there's been a serious reduction in the number of times I'm hitting Scott Robbins in the face. (laughs) Abuse has been reduced by a huge percentage. (laughs) Yes. Well, all these guys were going to commit crimes when when Kathy Hochul became governor. We're like, well, I don't want any part of that. Well, I mean, she does. (laughs) No, no, no. She does come across as the new model of the Terminator. Yes. I was going to say, she's saying all of this with a straight face, but given her makeup, I'm not really sure she has a choice. To yeah, do anything other than say something with a straight face. No, it's somebody else's remote control in her. She's a robot. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. And it's the it's the de- it's the Republican states where they have <laughs> almost no restrictions on guns because of the abundance of guns. People are killing each other with more frequency. The safer places are the Democratic states. I'm going to let you take that one, David. Well, the the interesting thing here is that so Democrats are are really hyper focused on state statistics. Mm-hmm. When Republicans, generally speaking, talk about crime and high crime area and progressive uh, mayor, progressive leaders, they're talking about in cities. Right. There's a key difference yes. there. Because if you take the state of Missouri, for example, and you take St. Louis out of the equation, crime stats plummet. It is one of the safest places in America. Most of it is concentrated a little bit in uh, Columbia and other very progressive city, a little bit in in Kansas City, very liberal city. But most of it, if you just took out St. Louis, Missouri's overall stats would plummet. And who's been leading St. Louis for a long time? It's progressive ideology, uh, uh, progressive ideologues, etc. Same thing when you look at Texas. Texas is known as a very red state. 
But if you look at the major cities, whether it's San Antonio, especially Austin, uh, Dallas, Houston, it's very liberal leadership. And what have been some of the biggest things that they've championed in those cities? It's things that are pro-criminal, things that are respecting the right or promoting uh, the rights of criminals over the rights of law-abiding citizens. Dude, we see people attack other people, yeah. put them in the hospital near death. They're out in a day. Yeah. That's because of their policies. People are not dumb. And that's why it's just not going to go her way. I mean, this is desperation. Yeah, we're tougher on crime. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Republicans. Holy smokes, man. And I don't know, man. We've heard a lot of predictions switching gears to the climate crisis, as they say. Big crisis is this winter and people freezing to death all over the globe. And did you see what Germany is now doing? They're actually dismantling a wind farm to expand the coal mine there. This is kind of a wild story. Yeah. The removal of one of the wind farms, eight wind turbines, they took that out last week. They got two more coming down next year, and the rest getting removed by the end of 2023. Because they need the coal, they, they've yeah. got to have the heat, or people are going to freeze to death. You know, that that's what, you know... For all the talk about how bad this winter could get in Western Europe because they put themselves in a position where they were so heavily dependent on energy from Russia. Yes. Um, the thought is they will probably be able – they're going to have restrictions, but they'll probably be able to get through the winter. Mm -hmm. um, next winter is going to be a beast because whatever winds up happening with Russia – Again, those systems of trade, of drilling, of exporting, importing uh, fossil fuel resources isn't something that you can just flip on and off like a light switch. If it's disrupted, it's disrupted for a long time. So the, the planning now has to be what happens next winter as well. <laughs> but again, man, we will not produce our own energy. And, I mean, you wait until this winter, man, with the prices, what they're going to be and how, how cold people are going to be. It, and, again, man, it's one of the reasons is because the media will not report honestly on this stuff. Put a stationary bike in everyone's home. The government will provide it. The faster you pedal, the warmer you get. <laughs> Pelotons for power. Like right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Much more to get to. Um Another Democrat saying, hey, this attack on Pelosi's husband shows how much danger our democracy is in. Oh, we got a slew of these to get to coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, our democracy is in danger. Yes. That is going to be the talking point from the left up until the election, I do believe. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Everybody got the marching orders at the same time. So anything that happens, you know what this means. It's a threat to our democracy. <laughs> Elon Musk taking over Twitter. Threat to democracy. I thought it was going to be better for free speech. But that means hate speech. Ah, threat to our democracy. Nobody weeps in silence either. 
Oh, of course not. It's all just demonstrative shrieking and weeping and heads on fire. And All right, who up. is this that we're going to hear from now, David, yeah, that uh, is saying that uh, our, our democracy is in danger? Yeah, dem- uh, this is Democratic Representative Karen Bass running to be mayor of L.A., weighing in on the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband. Oh, Okay. It just shows us the danger that our democracy is in. And it also just makes me angry thinking of my Republican colleagues who attempt to minimize what happened January 6th and who ignore the hate speech, the violent speech that is going on right now. Where are the receipts? What are we talking yeah. about? Well, it's the nudist rebellion, a well-known right-wing outlet. Yeah, this guy's a nudist. Yeah. Okay, a Castro nudist. Yes. Living with a bunch of freaks. And he's had mental health, and he attacks the speaker's husband. Yeah, that's a threat to democracy, well, he, and that, and it's also beca- and hate speech online worse than ever. What are we talking about? Yeah, well, well, see, here's the thing: is that little known quirk in the U.S. Constitution is that if you are a practicing uh, nudist uh, protester and you assassinate the uh, spouse of the speaker of the house, you immediately ascend to become emperor of the United States of America. It, that, is, that is the basis for the nudist rebellion that is ongoing. It's very much rooted in white supremacist militia activity. They have a different version of the don't tread on me flag. Yeah. It mm-hmm. says don't tread on me, but instead of a snake, it's a tallywhacker. You got it. We'll see. <laughs> well, at least they, you, can't, you also can't identify them with, by their uniforms or how they dress. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's natural camouflage. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. And no sickle but a hammer. Yeah. On the flag. Okay, got it. Is well, that the, metaphorical? The, the, I don't it's, know. It, it's actually the nudist rebellion. <laughs> urban camouflage is amazing, actually, because by wearing nothing, they guarantee no one sees them because they're all looking away. <laughs> that's, Awkward. that's true. Hey, what the guy look like? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I saw things flopping around, and I just I, oh, I couldn't look. Dang. Yikes. Do we? Has there been anything yet that's come out with security footage? Any security camera footage at all? Of the break-in, anything? No. Not that I've seen, anyway. You would think that the she would have had cameras all over the place. Of course. You're the Speaker of the House. It's yeah. your private residence. You're going to have at least cameras. You're going to have, well, we've heard of people that have had to serve papers there. Harmie Dillon said, man, security all over the place. It's hard to imagine security not being there. Well, mm-hmm. and remember a few years ago, there was this big fight because they live in a very exclusive neighborhood where the yes. neighborhood actually owns the street, not the city of San Francisco. And because of a quirk in the contract, this is true, someone realized they could buy Nancy Pelosi's street. So they bought it. And then the neighbors all got together and sued. And it's like, wait a minute, you have that level of exclusivity, but no one really knows how this guy got into the neighborhood and did this? Exactly. And no, yes. You're not buying that. No. You're just not. My goodness. And now, so this nudist... The Castro nudist has taken over the QAnon shaman yeah. as the greatest threat to yeah. <laughs> yeah, the guy from January 6th. They're mm-hmm. like brethren. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Also, you know, like we need the reminder. <laughs> it is crazy, man. Even on a Monday, Halloween is the most dangerous holiday for pedestrians. Well, I can understand that. Even I'm, I'm nervous to drive on Halloween. On a Monday, yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David, is? Uh, Something that just landed on my desk, actually. It's leaked documents that outline the Department of Homeland Security's plan to police what they describe as disinformation 
Oh, yeah, it's a lot of big tech companies working hand-in-glove with the Department of Homeland Security to launch a censorship campaign. I bet it is. That's why the freak out over Elon Musk, isn't it? Uh, Definitely, because you got a guy who potentially could break the status quo and the grip that the left has on social media platforms and information in general. Yes, you can control the narrative a lot easier. Wow. Also... I got to play you a clip from CBS Sunday Morning. Yep, they're saying we might lose our democracy. You got to hear this. Great ad. They're Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer. That's Scott Robbins. There's a lot going on. I just heard part of an interview with one of Paul Pelosi, the attacker, one of the attacker's neighbors, <laughs> talking about that crew. Mm. But they had the tent next to him. We'll get to, we'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> okay. It doesn't fit a media narrative. I can tell you that. Really doesn't. Oops. That this is some sort of white nationalist or MAGA person. Just doesn't add up that way. Really? Yes, I know we're all shocked, right? <laughs> anyway, mentioned it before, before the big election. Pretty sure all the media outlets got their marching orders that what we're going to focus on from here on out, okay, to scare the crap out of people, uh, we may not have a country uh, after this election if Republicans win. Right. Okay. Um, it, democracy might be at stake. Okay. All right. Okay. CBS Sunday Morning, whenever I think of that show, I think about people like with a cup of coffee and they're going to some rural area and it's storytelling and it's just mm-hmm. a feel-good kind of thing. Or the woman who's raised 27 chimpanzees or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, not here, man. Oh, gosh, no. These are serious times. No, this, this was an odd Sunday, yes. You watched it? I saw it, yes. Oh, my goodness. So you already know this. I don't want to cut any out. I just want to go no, through no, it no, together. No. I've heard this. No, you haven't. No. And I really want to hear David's reaction, especially a guy that's formerly been in news. You ready? Yeah. It's Jane Pauly. You can trust Jane Pauly, right? Isn't it Jane Pauly? No. I don't trust Jane Pauly. That's who is this, that's who we're listening to, I right? I believe that's correct. Yeah. To begin, we'll look ahead to the midterm elections. Okay. This past summer, it was looking like the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade might offer an opportunity to the party in power, the Democrats. But a more recent issue, inflation, could very well rule the day. She sounds so disappointed, doesn't she? Could rule the day. Stupid inflation. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Man, I thought the position we had on killing babies was going to get us through, but now... And favor Republicans. Mm. And beneath it all, says our Robert Costa, lies what could be the most critical issue of all, the very future of our democracy. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, there's your setup. Boom, 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 boom. Here we go. Hundreds of candidates for state and national office have denied the legitimacy of the 2020 presidential (laughs) election. Oh, we're early and David is already losing it. This is just. Let me paint the picture. The eyes rolled, the head went back. You look like you're ready to punch somebody. Uh, 
Are you triggered? Well, well, there's the broad brush that gets applied because they say hundreds of people denied the election. And the and of course, what's being conveyed there, what's being communicated in these cases is that every single person was like Sidney Powell talking about Venezuelans hacking voting machines and whatnot. Instead of saying, oh, yeah, I mean, there were serious issues with how one state official in multiple states would basically throw out how elections were administered. Pennsylvania is a good example of that. Wisconsin's a good example Mm -hmm. of that. And that is highly suspicious because, I mean, there have been reports now by actual law enforcement who have said, yeah, there were people going into old folks' homes into the Alzheimer's wing and having them fill out ballots. Yep. I mean, like you can't that, say that election denier. Well, yeah, yeah, you can actually say that. Yeah, because you don't want it to happen again. Right. Exactly. But he goes on. And while crime and inflation dominate the headlines, many are sounding the alarm about what else is at stake in 2022. What many? You mean Democrats? Of course yeah. they are. They're desperate. Democracy doesn't usually die through coups or, 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 or invasion. It usually <laughs> dies from within. The Republican Party is gripped by people who are election deniers. How should the press contend with that? It's happening inside one particular party. Right. How should the press contend with it? <sighs> one particular party? Yes. Uh, Have you ever heard propaganda like that? Just thrown out there on Sunday morning? Yeah. I suppose we have. I mean, there are a lot of Democrats who believe the 2000 election was stolen. Fewer, but still some believe that the 2004 election was stolen. And I haven't seen an updated survey of this, but for years, it was a wide majority of Democrats who believe the 2016 election was stolen. Oh, absolutely. They still say it. And media went along with it. Yep. Yes. But this is different. Why? Because it's their side (laughs) that might lose. And we need to be very straightforward about saying that and pointing it out. Of course, we're going to hold both parties to the same standards. (laughs) This is is from the New York Times. She's from the New York Times. Okay. Of course they are. Of course. Okay. That's their job. It's not that we're on one team. We hold both parties to the same standards. But when one party is the one who's doing this very troubling thing, we need to be straightforward about that. And if it causes criticism from the right, that's okay. Dude, are we living in some sort of alternate universe? Yes. No, we are not. They are. Okay. I just... I there are some days I just I'm go, waiting for you, someone to come through the door and say, you, you know what, for the last seven years, we've been just jacking with you guys. <laughs> yeah, all this is this a joke. This has all been a joke. Just to see how you'd react day by day to all the nuts crap that's going on. But anyway, there's about uh, 40 seconds left in this right. report. Here we go. Margaret Sullivan is the former public editor of the New York Times and was the media critic at the Washington Post. She has a new book, Newsroom Confidential in which she says the press has been reluctant to forcefully call out attacks on democracy for fear of being labeled partisan. Reluctant? Dude, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I couldn't. Dude. you got to be joking me. That is crazy. Dude, even before the post-election stuff that was going on, they floated a conspiracy theory that Donald Trump was stealing mailboxes. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yes. 
We've been reluctant. Uh, did I hallucinate the P-tape thing? You Donald did not. Trump. That was real. <laughs> that Donald Trump was a Russian spy, maybe going back to 1990. Correct. Yes. Are you kidding me? Dude, it is. It's like a suspension of belief listening <laughs> to this person talk. Well, there's a whole lot of Democrats who are election deniers. In, well, in, here, I'll play the rest of this, and then I'll, I'll let you play the clip. There, there's more, because I, I think this is the part where we got to challenge journalists uh-huh. to speak truth at this critical time. How does the press cover it without sounding alarmist at every step? I don't think we're nearly alarmist enough. (laughs) I think we need to stop being asleep at the switch and sound the alarm more about what could happen if election denialists are, you know, in power and decide, oh, well, we only like the results of this election, but not that one. I mean, we no longer have a country anymore. But that's literally a conspiracy theory. Isn't that what you've seen so many times in history? You accuse other people of doing the very thing that you're doing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what happened to voter suppression? (laughs) So do you have something from the Wayback Machine, David? Dude. As far as election denying? You want to talk about election deniers? It's it's Hillary Clinton after 20... For years leading up to... The 2020 election, even. You can she's run a, the best. Yes, she's a pre-denialist. She just, she's already denying the 2024 election. Right. You can run the best campaign, and you can have the election stolen from you. I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. There's an air of illegitimacy that surrounds Trump's presidency. So, of course, he's obsessed with me. And I believe that it's a guilty conscience. He knows he's an illegitimate president. I was the candidate that they basically stole an election from. We need numbers overwhelming so Trump can't sneak or steal his way to victory. (laughs) Dude. I mean, I... Look, I expect Hillary Clinton to say something like this because she's a partisan and this is this is how she works, right? But to have yes. people in national media, the people who are who have branded themselves as the greatest defense of democracy in existence, actively say that there is only one side that questions the outcome of an election. And oh well oh well, you know, Hillary Clinton supporters didn't storm the Capitol. After the 2016 election, oh, no, they only rioted and assaulted police officers a couple blocks away. Right. Not to mention years of rioting in places like Portland and Seattle. And it was actually all over the country. I remember uh, covering it at the time going. It was crazy. It was it was not only Portland and Seattle. It was L.A. It was San Francisco. It was Houston, Texas. Uh, It was Minneapolis. It was New York where you had mostly peaceful protests that were actually violent. And this was before St. George Floyd sacrificed himself to the gods of justice. This was before that. Yes. It was just when Donald Trump was elected president, there was an active campaign on the part of Democrats using celebrities as cutouts to get the electoral college to change their votes. Are you t- and one of the guys who's on this stupid January 6th committee, Jamie Raskin, literally objected to the certification of the vote in 2017. Correct. Because he didn't like Donald Trump. So you can jam that crap. People Thank aren't you. dumb. People are not no. this stupid.
No. Well, boy, oh boy, there's so much to get to. Um, do you want to hear a part of that interview with the attacker of Paul Pelosi with the neighbor? Oh, sure. Yeah, I do. I want to hear this now. Okay, I don't think there's any cussing in it. Oh, gosh. What? David, hand on the button. You gotta got to risk it for the biscuit, it. right? I know. Okay. All right. So there were some reporters that went to ask about this David DePape person, the alleged Paul Pelosi attacker. Okay, with he and Paul fighting over a hammer when the cops got there. We know that part of the story. It doesn't seem to make sense. But what we know is this is also a threat to democracy, and white nationalists are the biggest threat we face, and they're trying to tie this guy to being a MAGA Republican and a white nationalist, correct? Yeah. That's that's what it is. So they're asking reporters, a neighbor of this person, um, you know, a few questions, and I'll just pick it up where the questions are. Anything strange about him or anything that stood out? There's something strange about the whole household. <laughs> the entire household is very, very strange. How about him? Um, uh, he is birds of a feather with uh, akin to them. So they are just, you know, nudist drug abusers, and that's who gravitates toward them. All right, nudist drug abusers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mega! Well, obviously, yeah. Not exactly the stereotype there. Um, but then, you know, the reporters want to know something. They really want to know it bad, so roll it. And Trisha, again, what's the, what do you say their politics are? Um, I'm not sure. I would imagine that they're more left-leaning uh, because of their support oh. for uh, um, the gay community um, and for... Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> for other people, but uh, it is... Uh, and to paint the picture, there's like six reporters all with their mics standing yeah. around trying to get anything they can. Now I'm not sure what way they lean yeah. because... Because they have the flag, the LGBT flag with the yeah. pot. Yeah. So. But any signs of anti-Semitism? Here we go. You know, they are completely unhinged, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. Uh, it, it, they Nothing that they believe in aligns with their actions. So they'll say that they are you know, pro-black lives, and then they'll call the police on black people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so n- they don't stand by, their actions don't stand by their words. Which hmm. is kind of kooky in and of itself. Yeah. Okay. So BLM supporters uh, supporting the LGBTQ community, um, nudist drug addicts. <laughs> MAGA for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course. Textbook mega. Naked people who smoke crack. Yep. My gosh, man, you can't make this up. Yep. By the way, and they said anything anti Semitic? Speaking of anti Semitic. Yeah. Okay, Kanye West. Yay. You know, he's been canceled all these different places. Even Goodwill. We'll get to that story. What? Goodwill. Goodwill. Goodwill says, don't even bring your old Kanye stuff here. We oh, don't want it. Man. But there's another part to this that you gotta hear. Because some old recordings have resurfaced. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Been a lot of anti-Semitic stuff out there. Mm-hmm. You know, yay, Kanye West. 
doing some interviews a few weeks ago. Oh, God. Seems on the edge. And then he goes over the edge. Yeah. All this anti-Semitic stuff. So there are companies obviously distancing themselves. Adidas said no more. Partnership's over. I'll tell you what Kanye needs. He needs Biden's people to handle him. (laughs) Just keep him out. Yeah. Go take a nap, yay. Exactly. Well, this was interesting because Charlemagne the God... The guy that all the politicians have to go to talk to to yeah. get his blessings, to get the black vote. He's the he's the new ambassador for black people, apparently. Well, and he and Ye, I guess, used to be buddies, but they're not anymore. And with all the anti-Semitic stuff, he said a couple of weeks ago on his show, you know, how do you as a black man wake up and choose white supremacy? Like Ye woke up and chose to be a Nazi one day. That's pretty strong. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and tells you how much he loves Hitler. It's like, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, they used to be friends. He's distancing himself. But then, for Charlemagne, somebody else digs up some old audio of him from 10 years ago in an interview. Saying, man, that guy said some anti-Semitic stuff. You want to hear what he said 10 years ago? I do. All right. Roll it. You know why there's not a lot of Jewish rappers? Because there's Jewish owners and Jewish CEOs. They run these labels. <laughs> They're the bosses. That's why. Because it's like an interview. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> well, what did Kanye say? He said, uh, happy Kwanzaa to all the artists. and Happy Hanukkah to all the labels. And this is why it came back out, because yeah. at this point he agrees with yeah. Kanye. Happy It's the truth. They run, they run the business, period, from Hollywood to the music industry, everything. And, I mean, it, it's, it's a very powerful mafia, as they should be. See, the problem with black people, we don't have no power. No matter what we do, we can all click up. We don't have no organization that has holds anyway. And NAACP don't hold no weight. What? We don't have no organization that holds no weight. You can't speak bad about a Jewish person. Because they have organizations and they're a close-knit group Whoa. of people in power who will bring you down. Same thing with gays. You can't say nothing bad about gays because they move as a unit. <laughs> Black people don't have that. See, well, it's well, going to well. come out at some time, kids. Oh, man. Woo. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. It's a wild time to be alive, David. You've said it a million times. Oh, sure it is. Okay, so there's a lot of talk about the attack on Paul Pelosi. Mm -hmm. Okay, it seems like we're short on facts, but big on warnings of this is a threat to democracy. Right, because some nudist freak show with a drug problem and serious mental health problems Mm-hmm. including uh, apparently a period of his life where he thought he was Jesus, mm-hmm. broke into the Speaker of the House's home and assaulted 
her husband. And apparently this is all because of Donald Trump and because of toxic political discourse. It makes no sense. No, it does not. Okay, just clarification on a couple of things. Mm -hmm. We know that Paul Pelosi and the assailant were, were fighting over a hammer. Yeah. Right? But that was after cops got there that they saw both of them with hands on hammer. Yeah. Okay, so while the cops are there, dude wrestles hammer away mm -hmm. and then hits Paul Pelosi with the hammer. Yeah. Okay, there were reports, so tell me if the, you've seen anything different than this, that not only did he have, you know, significant damage to his head, but also his arms. Was there some sort of struggle where he got hit with there, the hammer in the arms before? There, well, I think there was another struggle, and then apparently Paul Pelosi was able to get on the phone somehow and then calls the uh, calls 911 and tries to make it tries to play it cool saying like yeah there's a, a friend of mine over or something like that and that's when the cops wound up because the 911 dispatcher heard like the w was able to read between the lines as the story goes and then the cops went there and there's confusion about how many people were in the house because it was reported that an unknown person opened the door for the police yes i read that but then they walk in and see the two dudes fighting over a hammer and now the report is, well, there were just two people in the house, and the underwear thing has been retracted because the one of the stories was that either Paul Pelosi or the assailant, one of them or both of them were in their underwear, and then it wasn't. They, they said, well, that's not true. Okay. So, I, again, you know, <laughs> none of this makes sense, and the the idea of trying to shoehorn the Capitol riot or any national politics or political discourse into it is just patently absurd because obviously this is a person who is unwell. Okay, there, I have another question that you don't have an answer to. Okay. As we've mentioned on this show before, it's always fun to be the person on the hot seat that has no answers, but the other two keep drilling them with questions that they don't have an answer to. Mm -hmm. It's like a favorite pastime. Mm -hmm. So tell me, Mr. Van Camp. Yeah. Why did Paul Pelosi, after struggling, we think, with the guy that broke into his home, get into the bathroom to call 911 and speak in code? That's what we believe, right? Yeah. Why didn't he stay locked in the bathroom until the cops got there? Well, I don't know that he was locked in the bathroom. If you're Paul Pelosi and you mm -hmm. go into the bathroom, how about lock it? But I, I don't know. Again, we don't know what it was. Did the guy go in there with him? You know, was so he stopped beating him for a while so the guy could call nine one one. Were to believe that? Did he say that he was going to call Nancy Pelosi? Hmm. Again, we don't know the details of that. None Got of it, it adds up. But and I don't think San Francisco police have done a very good job in communicating clearly and effectively. Like we talked about last Friday, there was some unfortunate phrasing that made it sound like they both had hammers and that they were both going at each other with hammers, which is very weird. And they're, they're talking about actual hammers. Well, yeah. We need some sensible hammer laws in California. <laughs> well, clearly it was a, it was an assault hammer. <laughs> right. It was is what it was. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I'm just, 
this doesn't make sense to anybody. But, of course, national media just runs with it. Well, here's what we know, and obviously this is a threat to democracy. Yeah. Okay. So what are we about to hear? This is Cuomo? Oh, yeah. Former CNN primetime host Chris Cuomo. He has a new gig at News Nation. Just as an aside, apparently it's flopping so bad he wants a new time slot. Because, but nobody knows where they're. I don't know where that channel is. I see them their social media presence, but I have no idea what channel it is. I've run by him on my when I'm, but, I've got the menu on. Anyway, uh, here's part of his monologue on the attack because everything's got to be so important, right? Everything's got to be grand. Oh yeah, and have some bigger message other than this is an insane drug addict who broke into Nancy Pelosi's home. It's always got to be something about national politics. Anyway, here's Chris Cuomo. All right. I feel horribly for the speaker and her family. They are good people. I don't care if you don't like her politics. This isn't about politics. It's about decency. They're a good family. They do not deserve this. No one does. Okay. To say you don't deserve it, that's fine. They're a good family based on what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I know. Okay, trust me. I know these people. Well, he does know them. He probably has hung out with them, though. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure. I thought this guy wanted to get some credibility. Right. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sure her husband is glad it was him and not her. And knowing this speaker, she probably wishes it was her and not him. But imagine if the Speaker of the House had been bludgeoned by a hammer. Are you as embarrassed by this as I am? This is America. Okay. Okay, hold on a second, man. Now, if you're saying that the speaker would have been bludgeoned by a hammer by anybody it would be yes horrifying of course yes no one wants to see that we don't know what happened in this story and honestly it doesn't add up at all i don't know if you saw the grin the glenn greenwald piece i did actually on this yeah this was good um and david how would you describe glenn greenwald he used to be really more left and center than yeah. anything uh, yeah, he's um, a liberal who has thought that liberals in this country have lost their way for a long time. Independent journalist. Mm. said, here's the biggest thing to him. It's that you can't even question the narrative. Yeah. No. As a reporter. like it, Whatever is true about this or false about this story, it's that when things don't add up, you can't even ask. Like, why wasn't there signs of forced entry at the home? If there was a third person, who was it? Why was Pelosi holding hammer um, and attacked only after police arrived? Yeah, that's weird to me. Where's the body cam and security footage? Yes. Why isn't the press asking these questions? And I think that's the biggest takeaway. But if we know anything from the last several years... The left and the media work together on narratives. Yeah. And you can be a journalist and you can go out and report a story. That doesn't mean it's going to make the light of day. And sometimes things get through, but then it's squashed in a hurry. I've seen that happen time and time again, too. Who knows what happened here? But I don't think too many people, and I'm talking about honest Democrats, too, believe this is some sort of MAGA thing. It just doesn't add up. Yeah. With everything we know it's about not. this guy. A lot of people are laughing at it. That is for sure. Um, <laughs> a lot of talk about Twitter and Elon Musk. 
and oh, this is another threat to democracy. Oh my God, we've got all these celebrities that are qu- quitting Twitter. And then I'll read a story, and it's like a couple of B and C listers. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, celebrities are yeah, quitting. Yeah, so and so is on season three of Dancing with the Stars. All right. Jimmy Kimmel, he takes a shot at Elon Musk. Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. He tweets to Elon Musk. It's been interesting over the years to watch you blossom from the electric car guy into a fully formed piece of bleep and said the word. Well, Jimmy, it's been interesting over the years to see a comedian that has reduced himself to this sort of garbage that you do now. Did you see what Musk tweeted back? No. Wasn't even a word. It was just the cry more emoji. <laughs> Good. Good. See, that's effective, isn't it? Jimmy yeah. Kimmel. Okay. That's pretty effective. Uh, David, you had a piece of audio yeah. to play. What is this? This is uh, making the rounds right now. And I, honestly, it, it makes me really sad that there are people out there who don't, I don't know, understand what work is, don't understand that sometimes work is hard and sometimes it's going it, to, sometimes you can get your feelings hurt. And you have to learn how to adapt and overcome that. And some people are not equipped with that skill. And it makes me really, really sad. But this is making the rounds now. It's a Starbucks employee uh, who I guess is a a trans man or neurodivergent or something. Again, there's like a million different terms for this stuff. Neurodivergent is my favorite. Yeah. And uh, this person is having a complete and utter breakdown and decides that while they have a busy store... They're going to go ahead and weep on camera for everybody and talk about why Starbucks workers need a union because it's hard. Wow. Okay. Nice setup. Let's hear this. I like I get I'm like a full time student. I get scheduled for 25 hours a week, and then on weekends they schedule me the entire day open to close. I'm on the schedule for eight and a half hours, both Saturday and Sunday. I'm like three and a half hours into my shift. Oh, hold on a second. We've all done that. Yeah. Eight and a half hours, though. That's not open to close. I don't know if... Now, this person's clearly, like, having a breakdown. So I don't know if they if they meant, yeah. like, Saturday and Sunday, eight and a half hours. Eight and a half hours is a regular work day. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I thought maybe they were talking about a certain location that opened at, I don't know, 5.30 and closes at 2.30 or 1.30. Yeah. I have no idea. Anyway, let him go. There's so many customers, and we have four people on the floor all day. <laughs> Only five people were put on the schedule. And Hold on a second, to... man. Dude, you know what that sounds like? Uh, yeah. Us doing the mock crying yeah, bit. I know. Yeah, But I it's know. real. <laughs> all right, let's hear it again. Floor all day. <laughs> Only five people were put on the schedule, and somebody had to call out. And there are four people running the whole store, and there's so many customers, and there's possibly scheduled five people. <laughs> Is this real, David? I I think it's real. Oh, my goodness. We only have 13 people employed at this store, and there's so many customers. They refuse to turn mobile orders off. We need the liberty to be able to do that because there's so many mobile orders, and I need to get through all of them, and then people are yelling at me. Mobile orders. Mobile orders. Mobile orders, yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I sounded like mobile orders. Hey, work at Ponderosa on a Friday night in 1985. Okay? <laughs> Quit your griping. They don't have their orders ready. They don't know what to do. They can't do it. And the customer was misgendering me tonight, like, really oh, badly. I know. Stop. 
Oh, no. Just stop it. Really badly. I didn't have their order ready. And so they were just like talking, talking to each other. And they're like, she's clearly incompetent. I have a full mustache and beard. <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> I don't get accommodations for being neurodivergent. All right, man. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this person needed help long ago. Oh, my gosh. Hasn't gotten the proper help, apparently. I feel like we're getting goofed on. See, I hear that and I just get sad. It's like that's oh really, well, it, it's that that and and look, I mean, I think if you've ever worked in a restaurant, there was always somebody that you worked with who, w like, because of an interaction with the customer, it's not always mm -hmm. like this snowflake kind of thing. But there, somebody was like out way out of line, sure, and they go into the freezer and cry. You know, something mm -hmm. happens, but they're not like they're not broadcasting that because it's kind of embarrassing. They just do it. They dry their tears and they get back to work. But the thing is, they put it out there for everyone else to right. see. It's crazy. Because they want the attention because they're narcissists. Golly. And yes, I mean, if the person is sitting in the studio with us, I'm not going to laugh at him and say, listen, you need to get you some help. Holy smokes. There's a baby. Kill it. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, boy, Democrats are so desperate, man. They're bringing out the big guns like Big O. Oh, yeah. Barack Obama, he showed up in Georgia to campaign for Democrats and started going after Republican uh, Senate candidate Herschel Walker. Oh, okay. What do you say about Herschel? Roll it. Let's say you're at the airport and you see Mr. Walker and you say, hey, there's Herschel Walker, Heisman winner. Let's have him fly the plane. You probably wouldn't say that. You'd want to know, does he know how to fly an airplane? Now, now, I was reliably informed that John Fetterman, who cannot process speech right now, that it, well, the Senate's a pretty easy gig. He just has to show up and vote yes or no. Right. Doesn't need to fly a plane. <laughs> right. I mean, obviously, if it was Raphael Warnock, you'd say, yeah, fly the plane. See if you could hit your ex on right. the way out, on you the can, runway. You could fly, fly the plane, just don't run over your wife again. Right. Of course. What is that? Oh. Let's just move on. There's other stuff we need to get to. Did you see this? And I thought it was a joke at first. Apparently, it's not a study out saying... If you pick your nose, that might cause Alzheimer's. Have you heard this? What? Yes, there's a certain bacteria that has been linked to dementia. It's a type of chlamydia. Anyway, researchers at Griffith University in Australia have shown it can get into your brain by entering through your nose. They tested it on mice, which would be good enough in this country, I guess. Their brain cells responded by producing something called, oh boy, amyloid beta proteins. They're little things that clump together and then form plaques. What are you just doing there, David? Are you messing with me? Yeah. Or did you have an itch? No, I was messing with you. Okay. Maybe it's because you... Because you were knuckle deep there. I'm like, what are you yeah, doing? Well, you get so far up there, you touch the brain. And... Oh, buddy. 
Anyway, it forms plaques in your brain that mess with neurons, and they've been linked to Alzheimer's. So they think the bacteria can bypass your bloodstream and get to your brain through the um, olfactory nerve, which is what gives you your sense of smell. Mm -hmm. They did say that more research is needed. Mm -hmm. But they said it... You should probably be picking your nose less. Yeah. And they said plucking nose hairs isn't a good idea either. Well, you can get sick well, more often that way. Is that true? Well, the nose hairs serve a very particular function to filter out debris that may get in. Would you ever go with a little nose hair trimmer? I've done that. No. No, I like to have like a Martin Mull situation coming out of my nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay. Biggest story of the day is. <laughs> uh, biggest story of the day, actually, we're going to be getting to it here shortly, uh, is now we have evidence of collusion between, or more evidence of collusion between big tech companies and the Department of Homeland Security, which is unleashing the security state on people who have wrong opinions. Uh, it is a frightening, frightening development. And I will say, you know, for all the weeping and wailing about losing our democracy, like this is 10 times more dangerous than the QAnon shaman or that nut job who attacked Paul Pelosi. You better believe it, man. And the Scott Robbins trifecta Uh also on the way coming up right here. That's right. Show, Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, Millennial David Van Camp, and the sexy boomer Scott Robbins. News update: David Van Camp. Man, this is crazy. The Intercept has a new report out that shows the coordination and the extent of the coordination between big tech firms and the Department of Homeland Security when it comes to tamping down on speech that's "quote unquote" bad. This is a remarkable development. That has been put out. And, you know, we kind of we've covered this, of course, over the last several years that the government and especially uh, people who are against Trump and Republicans in general Mm -hmm. have been really pushing big tech platforms, especially social media companies like Twitter and Facebook to help craft a certain narrative all under the aura of preventing disinformation or misinformation. And we're really getting a glimpse as to why we have something called the First Amendment to begin with, because the government should not be deciding these things. But Facebook actually created a portal where the federal government could submit what they think is wrong information. They could flag posts or social media accounts and say, hey, why don't you take this one down? Oh, my gosh. Uh, There is another person who's no longer with DHS who, uh, let's see, what's her name? Uh, Jen Easterly who said, quote, platforms, meaning social media companies, have got to get comfortable with the government. It's really interesting how hesitant they remain. What do you mean by it's really hesitant? Because maybe there are some people 
who work at these outlets who really understand that government interference and free speech is something that is uh, not permissible. That is something uh, that is unconstitutional blatantly. And they've actually had meetings over the last several years determining how best to uh, tamp down on this, tamp down on that. Uh, also, well, without uh, going off on too much of a tangent yeah. and make it short, there are so many people that work in that industry and at these places that think it's their calling. Yeah. Like they're doing something very noble. Oh, sure. Which is frightening. Yeah. And, and so part of these documents show that they plan to expand censorship on topics like the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the origins of COVID. Right. Which, guess what? There was another article that came out from Vanity Fair that said, uh, yeah, actually, there's a report from uh, the Senate that says, yeah, it's pretty likely that COVID came out of that lab. <laughs> oh, the way they try to suppress that yeah. is unbelievable. Uh, well, I, that, honestly, that's why I always say I hope mm-hmm. it all comes out. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, there's also FBI agent Laura Demlo, who was in communications with Facebook that led to the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020. Yep. They were working very, very closely to make sure that big tech was not doing anything that would share information that would be damaging to the cause. Yes. And so many people actually came out and bragged about it in a time piece in early 2021. Now, but this is different here. It, it is different. The stakes are higher here. Yes, because it's not just all these different institutions that are coming mm-hmm. together for a common cause. In this case, it's at the direction now of the president of the United States. It's actually at the direction of also embedded bureaucrats within the federal government. That's a really frightening thing, and it's not all that surprising, but it's really disheartening that there are many, many journalists or people who call themselves journalists at the national level who mm-hmm. think this is actually okay and that this is a good thing. Because because they're also doing something noble. Right, because they, they think of it as this mission, this calling, not right. to tell the truth, but to try to push a certain agenda or a certain worldview Correct. on, on people. So th- this is a really, really frightening thing. And one of the reasons why I think there is this mad scream about Elon Musk coming, on, uh, coming in and taking <laughs> yes. over Twitter is not only because of this, because now... He has access to all the information. He's also That's fired. why I think it's that huge. I really do. Yeah, he's also fired the board of directors, by the way. He's the, only, he's the sole director now of the company. That, that was the news today. Um, and Yeah, it's no longer public. And also internal communications. People mm-hmm. within Twitter itself. He's got access to all of that stuff. And, I mean, that, that's a big deal. Yes, and I think that's why the freakout is what yeah. it is. We'll see if they're held accountable. But it, I think a lot of this is going to come out, which is actually pretty exciting. All right, I know we got to get to the Robin Strifecta, and I'm sure you are ready to roll. Rock and roll, baby. All right, let's do this. Roll it out. Are you ready? One, two, three. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories, always helped by his hero in life, top 40 hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. I'm ready. Okay. Going to check. Yeah, I think he's good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ready? Three. 
Number three, well, The Atlantic has an article saying, The Atlantic, the same one that ran an article saying that when Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, reopened the schools, he was engaging in human sacrifice. That's right. Now has published an article that says we need pandemic amnesty. We need pandemic amnesty. Uh, Emily Oster wrote a piece Mm -hmm. concluding the standard saying is that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. But dwelling on the mistakes of history can lead to a repetitive doom loop as well. Let's acknowledge that we made complicated choices in the face of deep uncertainty and then try to work together to build back and move forward. I'm calling for pandemic amnesty. No. Well, that's certainly an idea, isn't it? No. No, because of the damage people like you did. Honestly, man. Yeah, I think we... I mean, you can forgive different things. No, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. I'm not saying you can't forgive. But when people were trying to make the point, look at what you're doing to children. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? And there's not proof to back up what you're saying. You were demonized. Right. I mean... I mean, by not just... You know, hack writers at the Atlantic, you were demonized by the president of the United States. That's 25 percent minority can cause an awful lot of damage. The unvaccinated also put our economy at risk, recovery at risk. Refusal to get vaccinated has cost all of us. And they are causing a lot of damage. But our patience is wearing thin. The refusal has cost all of us. And the refusal has cost all of us. That's just a little yeah. sample of people um, that didn't get vaccinated. There was a woman named Holly Bryden who tweeted back at her and said, I speak for every child who lost two years of their lives, every person who lost a business, and every person who died alone when I say, blank you. Yeah. Well, and I, I think in, in fairness to the writer of this particular piece, I think she's pretty well been on the side of people who, especially on the school issue, thought kids should go back to school. Good it, for her. It doesn't mean that it's that it's a good take because I don't think it is a good take. No, it's you, not. You don't you don't get to be abusive the way that so many were with COVID and then walk away from that without at least an apology. Oh, I agree. I I hundred percent agree, and I believe in hearings. Yes, I believe it, there should be hearings. I believe Fauci should be drug up in front of those hearings. Yes, and given the same taste of medicine that's been given to anybody else that they don't disagree with. And let's get to the bottom of this. Let's find out when, who was paying him, how much he was getting. We, what drove his decision-making? Let's get to it. Here's the other thing. Some of the vaccine stuff is still going on. I mean, it's not like you have all these people that said they were sorry and we got to move forward. Right. No, I agree. American Academy of Pediatrics still has it on their page. Kids over two should mask up. Yeah. Right. So it's not like it's quite over. Remember? Remember the CDC director saying anybody doesn't want to get uh, vaccinated, they just need some, maybe some good counseling. Yeah. Wasn't it something like that? There is a plan. Um, should these people not want to be vaccinated towards education and counseling to get people the information they need so that they are feeling comfortable in getting vaccinated? And they knew all along what was going on. I was just talking to a couple of people this weekend about people you and I both know that lost their jobs because yeah. they didn't take the vaccine. Lost yeah. their livelihoods. Yep. Gone. Yep. Gone. Couldn't go to church. Couldn't go to work. Couldn't go to school. Screw you. Oh, yeah. It's not forgive and forget here. Okay? Not. Dude, we haven't even talked about vaccine injury yet. No. No, I haven't okay? gotten to that part. And you can say, well, that that's pretty rare. Well, tell that to a family of somebody that was injured or died. Yeah. Okay? For everybody that who's going to come out Whose too. grandma died alone and who couldn't have a service for their grandma or mother or father or child or whatever. I got a Screw buddy like that, too. you.
Okay. All right. I'm just. Yeah. We're getting closer and closer to number one. <laughs> yes, we are. Two. It's the Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day. Number two, uh, some questions you say about the Paul yep. Pelosi attack. Well, mm. you know, we've been told this is a big MAGA attack, right? But it's I mean, a threat to democracy. I mean, Donald Trump didn't do this. And, and really, if you want to be honest with yourself, you know that. Despising everything Democrats have done in this country didn't do it either. None of them had anything to do with it. But it coming red wave did. And that's why we're getting what we're getting right now from the mainstream media. And some of the questions, and you had this earlier today, you talked about Glenn Greenwald, a guy named Steve Krakauer sort of elaborated on this too, mm-hmm. if not repeating the same things. Yes. But why wasn't there any signs of forced entry? That's Do we a know why? question. No, we don't know why. Uh, what about the hammer? Who was holding the hammer? Apparently they were both holding Holding them. hammers at the same time, yeah. Where's the body cam footage? We know that. And why isn't anybody even asking a question about any of this right now? You can't. I mean, and maybe it, it may be it was a home evasion, and maybe the guy was a nut and he was looking to kill Nancy Pelosi. I don't know. Nobody knows anything. Well, at first we hear, and I thought it was from someone within the police that either one or both are in underwear, but then we find out they later weren't not any in underwear. underwear. How can that? First of all, where'd that come from? Yeah. Well, yes. That, I mean, underwear. It, right. I mean, when you're in your underwear, it's pretty hard to say. Well, those were jeans. I, I well, mistook it for. No. Right. And and one of the things that was brought up was a the you know Politico passed along the uh, little thing about. Uh, how an unknown person opened the door, suggesting there were three people yeah. inside the house. And so yeah. now that's been, I guess, corrected, or now the story is that there were just two, Paul Pelosi and the attacker, in the house. But Politico also ran a story saying that people are, conservatives are passing along this unfounded theory that there was a third person in the house. You can say, well, it turned out to not be true or it was mistaken, but it's not unfounded because you people reported it. Yeah, well, Politico I mean, made a big deal of it, like yeah. lies that are out there. And you you were the ones that reported right. it. Right. I mean, I mean, you, you don't, read your own stuff ever. You don't get to mislead the public and then turn around and say, why is the public misled? Oh, <laughs> I mean, God, it I just know. doesn't it's, work that way. No, it doesn't. Well, I still don't know how we know that the alleged attacker said, where's Nancy? Where did that come from? That's a great question. You brought that in this morning, and I 100% agree with you. No who's, one's asking it. I'm sitting here going, by the way, how do we know that? Yeah. I don't think Paul Pelosi told him that. I have no idea. I have no idea. Did the cops hear it? Don't know We that don't either. know. So, yeah, there's a lot. Golly. Does not Isn't it something, though? Man, Scott Robbins, trifecta, oh, top three of the day. Think we're all the way there? One. Yes. Number one, uh, Joe Biden took part in Jim Crow 2.0 when he voted. Yeah. If, uh, yes, he did, as a matter of fact. Uh, yesterday, Joe and his granddaughter were in Delaware. That's where Joe voted. Didn't seem to have any issue with what he called Jim Crow 2.0. And you know what that racist people in Delaware made Joe do and his granddaughter? Do you know what they did to him? Uh, they made him put his hand over his heart and say, Jim Eagle. N- they should have, but they didn't. Uh, okay. They made him show ID. What? Yes. Racist. <laughs> so oppressive. Those people. What he and his granddaughter went through yesterday should never happen in America. Well, in America, no. I know. Actually, the fact that he had an ID to show is evidence of white privilege. Uh, you are there, David. One step further, and I love yeah. that. Yes, of course it is. Old white guys. Here we go again. 
Did Did you see him walking out of the polling station though? Yeah. Like with his with his granddaughter, I guess it was. Yes, right? yes, was his granddaughter. And yes. he's, I mean, I, I can't help it because everything, the lens I view Joe Biden through when he's around, particularly young women, is that he's a creep. And so it may have yeah. been this nice moment between grandfather. I'll admit I know that it may yeah, just be yeah. nice moment between grandfather and granddaughter. Nothing creepy about it, but because of the context of who this man is. And how there have been questions about how he is acts around young women, uh, it was freaking weird to watch. That when so he put he like, the sticker on her, yeah, he like sidles yeah. up and like yeah. kind of like hugs her on the side, and then turns yeah. around and puts the yeah. "I voted" sticker on her chest. Right, weird. and I'm just weird. like, dude, Joe, keep your hands <laughs> to yourself, bro. I was surprised he turned the right way to get out of the polling place. Like the little like the little robots you used to have when you were a kid. You put them in the wall. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> and there you have it. Yep. This is Scott Robert Strike Back to Thank you very much. Okay. Nimrod's in the news. Of course, we'll get to and another news update <laughs> straight ahead. Yes. Thank you. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I wonder to read you something real quick. The bottom line is everyone suffered in the pandemic because of the pandemic. The disruption was everywhere. And it was bad regardless of whether schools were remote or in person. We are focused now on the urgent need to help kids recover and thrive, says Randy Weingart. No, it's not. It's not. Teachers Re- Union Press. It's not regardless. It, it is... That, no, that not. is not just something that happened, okay? That's something that was advocated for. It was pushed. And anyone who pushed against it was called a grandma killer. You hate teachers, and you mm-hmm. want a bunch of kids to die, even though the science was not there to back it up. Up yours. No. They're, they're, and, you killed, and you killed all their activities. Don't yeah. forget that. That meant so much to a lot of those kids. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. No, you don't, you, we don't get to just kiss and make up here. That's not how this works. It's not what happens when you enact and push for policies that destroy lives. You have to be called to account for it. Not only that, there's no apology in there either. There's no, no apology. Well, it affected everybody. Right. I know we got to get to Nimrod. Roll it out. Yeah. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Never odds the news. This story involves a criminal and uh, glass, but it's nothing to do with any Pelosi. Okay? This is Washington State. Uh, surveillance video, this thief stealing handbags worth at least $18,000 from a Louis Vuitton store. He runs inside, grabs the bags, runs away. But he misjudges where the exit is and runs into this large floor-to-ceiling plate glass window <laughs> he slammed into it so far so hard he knocked himself out cold it's, it's incredible <laughs> and that's nimrods in the news